The future of television seems clouded in doubt these days. For many viewers, primetime TV has been replaced with Netflix streams, and cable companies are losing millions of TV subscribers every year. But there's one area where little has changed, live sports. If you're a sports fan, chances are you're still using your old remote. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. This week, we're talking to Jack Howe about his latest cover story on the NFL and its leading role in the future of TV. All right, Jack. So I never thought this would happen. I'm looking inside Barron's magazine and staring back at me is this full-color photo of Tom Brady. How did you make that happen? I think a better question is, why are you wearing full face paint right now and holding up a giant foam finger? Clearly, you're excited about the upcoming 100th season of the NFL. All right, I just want to clear one thing up, though. I do like football, but I am not a Patriots fan. So let's just make sure that's clear. That's on the record. So everyone's excited for the September 5th game where the Chicago Bears will host the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to give you two fun facts, and they will be fun and they will be facts. Both of these teams were around at the start of the NFL in 1920, right? The, the Bears had a different name. The, the Packers weren't part of the league yet. The league had a different name. The Packers were the Green Bay Acme Packers, but they were around, and that's why they have been selected. Normally, you would have the Super Bowl winner who'd be in on this opening night game, but they've selected these teams because they're part of the history. Century of football. That's fun fact number one. Fun fact number two, the NFL is one year older than Barron's Magazine. And almost as profitable. <laughs> I probably I shouldn't laugh quite that hard, right? <laughs> so football is big business, right? The NFL makes $15 billion a year. They want to push that to $25 billion by 2027. That's the goal. But sometime over the next year, maybe by late 2020, we're going to have announcements of the next generation of media rights for the NFL. TV money. TV money, and it's a very big deal at a pivotal moment for TV. How much money are we talking about? The deal started around 2014, and the money that changed hands was around $43 billion. $43 billion with a B. With a B. And the next group of deals, um, estimates from J.P. Morgan say, might be $60 billion this time around. When you look at television... We've all talked about cord cutting, right. viewers going away from TV, streaming, going to Netflix. TV's dying, right? Well, TV's hurting if we're talking about scripted programming. That's where people are really leaving. When you look at the NFL, it's a different story. First of all, live sports is still very strong on TV. People want to watch sports on TV. Not DVR it, not watch it on demand, watch it live. They want to watch it live. And the NFL is far and away the most popular sport for people to watch on TV. It's the biggest show in America by far. Many years, if you take the 60, if you take the 100 biggest broadcast, more than 60 of them are NFL games. Wow. So we all know that TV needs the NFL. And we've been thinking for a while that it's only a matter of time until one of these big cash-stuffed dot-com companies comes along and outbids TV right. for those NFL rights. And streams them. And streams them. And we saw Amazon last year stream some Thursday night games. Those were simulcasts, right? 
But take a look at the audience. Amazon for those games got a half million viewers, right? The games ran at the same time on Fox. They got 14 million viewers, 14.3 million viewers on average at Fox. They also ran on the NFL Network on cable. They got over 6 million viewers there. So the reality is, is that Amazon isn't delivering nearly TV-sized live audiences for NFL football. Amazon loses at something. Yeah, and if you're the NFL, what are your goals here? The NFL has been very open about how it wants to grow revenue from around $15 billion now to $25 billion by 2027. And domestic media rights are a big portion of that, so it's going to have to step up the value of these rights. But it's it can't just be about grabbing uh, you know, money from the highest bidder out there. It has to be about keeping the audience for the game as broad as possible. When I, when I spoke with the NFL, they told me, hey, we, th- we really believe that a big part of why we're the most popular sport in America is the fact that people have been able to watch these games on regular, free, over-the-air TV. The more people you can reach, the more people who are going to watch. And that keeps the NFL a big deal. So they're going to have to balance that in this next generation of rights offerings. That strikes me as such a kind of um, quaint view, by the way. I mean, you don't hear a lot of big TV executives out there anymore uh, talking about their loyalty to free over-the-air TV. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's just altruism. I mean, I think they like the fact that they're so popular and so many people watch, but there's other money to be made here from things like merchandising and endorsements. So they really do want to keep the game as popular as it is, and it's very popular, and TV is a big reason why it has stayed so popular. So you're going to see, I, I would I would imagine that you're going to see some dot-com companies get a stronger hold in football in the next generation of rights, but you're not going to be watching Sunday afternoon football on your Amazon Prime account, not during the 2020s. And because of that, the cash flows for these TV companies are probably stronger than a lot of investors imagine, and the shares might be a pretty good deal. So the NFL, I mean, we think of it as a game. You're actually making a very compelling financial case for why the NFL can essentially move markets in the coming years. I think there's no question that the NFL could decide the fate of TV, but the NFL also needs TV. I suspect what you'll see going forward, when the last rights deals were struck, we didn't have nearly the streaming universe that we have now. Right. That was what, almost 10 years ago at this point? Yeah. TV companies have also changed a lot since then. Back then, the big networks, you know, used to be, used to watch them on your rabbit ears. These days, they're bundled into your cable service. Mm -hmm. Well, initially, they were bundled in there for free. And over the years, they started going to cable companies and saying, well, we think we should be paid a little money to be part of your bundle. You're talking about the local CBS, the local NBC, the local Fox affiliate. Yeah. They've begun collecting money from the cable companies the same way ESPN does. ESPN right. always had this dual revenue stream where it got advertising and it was paid to be included in bundles. And the networks have gotten in on that. And that's you know almost pure profit for them. So that was next to nothing when the last uh, rights deals were struck. Now it's billions of dollars a year. So- It's not that the TV audience for football is growing so much, although it has been much more resilient than everything else on TV and it's still massive. It's that the television companies have figured out ways to make better money with the audiences they have, and football is crucial to that. Now, you do point out in your story, though, that the networks are actually losing money on these deals. On advertising, 
some of them, when you subtract for the cost to produce games and, and the money that they pay for rights, some of them come close to breaking even, okay. right? ESPN might run a loss, just strictly advertising, but ESPN is also the most expensive network in your cable bundle. Right. And without football highlights, there is no sports center. Yeah, I mean, ESPN will show you a game for three or four hours, and then they'll talk about it for 75 hours. So <laughs> Yeah, for the rest of the week. They, I mean. they get a lot of bang for their buck in terms of filling content and making themselves necessary for cable companies. People want ESPN. So so I have no no doubt that football is very lucrative for them, but they don't have to make they don't have to make all the money back on advertising. And the same really goes for the big networks. And I think to really understand the importance of football on TV, you can go back what two decades to when Fox first won the rights to football, right? I mean, what did that do for the Fox network? It was a really big coup. You know, I spoke with a football producer at NBC. NBC is going to be carrying this opening night game coming up, and it's a it's a big deal for them. But I asked him, I said, how would Amazon, if they wanted to, buy a bigger presence in football? I suppose it wanted a big you know, Sunday night package. Given all the expertise that goes into producing these games, how difficult would that be? And I fully expected him to say, absolutely not. You have no idea how hard we work in these games. What he said was, yeah, no problem. With Amazon's money, no problem. He said it would be just like Fox. When they came into the game, they didn't know anything. And they bought their way in. They hired talent from other networks, and they get up and running pretty quickly by spending a lot of money on it and hiring the best people. And Fox is credited with, you know, first of all, raising the value, getting getting some more bidding going on media rights and raising the value for them. It's made game broadcasts a little punchier, and it's also itself has become it became a big media empire. And one of the keys to that was football. So give me your prediction. I mean, how long until I'm actually watching the Super Bowl on Amazon? The Super Bowl is a tall order. <laughs> we, can st- we can start with something a little more attainable. Look, if you're talking about an exclusive broadcast, yes. I cannot imagine that happening within the next couple of decades, certainly wow. not during through the 2020s. Um, if we're talking about a simulcast, maybe. One of the reasons I don't think that Amazon is going to buy its way into a huge TV rights deal is because it doesn't really need one. What does Amazon want to do? It wants to sell prime memberships. How much football do you need for that? Not much, a little bit, right? So it doesn't need to be on Sunday afternoon and it doesn't really have the broadcast advertising infrastructure to be able to capitalize on, on that much football. So I think that the NFL will be able to to use that Thursday night model, offer TV rights to the companies that can handle them and then offer streaming rights to companies that will pay premium prices for a little bit of football. And I think that's one of the ways that they're going to boost their revenue. And it's also just a matter of people need this more than ever before. The, the, the TV companies do. This is their line in the sand. This is what's going to carry them and their cash flows over the next decade or longer. What's going to happen is you're going to see the NFL slice these games more where they say, okay, you get the rights for TV and you get the rights for streaming. And for some games, they might be willing to sell those individually. So uh, you already see that in Thursday football. And I think Thursday, which is carried three ways, Amazon, NFL Network, and, and Fox, I think Thursday night football is really a model for the NFL. I think they really like what's going on there. First of all, although Amazon doesn't have a huge audience, you know, what it pays 
per viewer is quite a lot. It's a nice little piece of money that the NFL gets on the side. And I think they'd like to do that with some of their other primetime spots. I don't think that the TV networks will be too eager to allow that for Sunday football. I wouldn't think so. Right. But I think that there's an opportunity to do that for out-of-market games, which are carried on direct TV right now. But that's a deal that the NFL has an option to break. Um, ESPN has a new streaming service. There's some thinking that ESPN might be a perfect uh, bidder for out-of-market games with this new streaming service. You're going to see more things where they're going to separate right. the that TV broadcast. That would be a nice boost, most likely, for something like this ESPN Plus streaming package, I would think. ESPN, that's that's one of the surprises that you could see is ESPN could go in for something like that. Like the Sunday ticket out-of-market games. Right. To, to be the streamer. Right. Jack, this all sounds pretty great. Football does have a few problems. I mean, we certainly have medical issues for players, lots of head injuries. And I'm pretty sure that the labor agreement between the NFL and the players is about to expire. Could either of these things trip up the story around football on TV, do you think? The NFL says no. They say everybody's making great money and it's going to be easy peasy to get a deal. But it could be a problem. Some of the team owners want to go from 16 regular season games to 18 regular season games is more money. When there's right? billions at stake, you could see why. Right. And what the Players Association is going to say is they're going to say not every player is a superstar. Some of them are making, you know, what to a, to a, an ordinary person, you know, working at the factory would seem like great money, but it's maybe not so great money when you consider they could be injured at any time and right. not be able to play anymore. And they could, you know, in retirement, they could have recurring health issues that come from, you know, being hit during games, that sort of thing. So... The, the Players Association want, first of all, they're going to be bargaining hard for a better cut of the media revenue, but they also want the league to do what it can to improve player safety, for, to, get, to give a, a better deal to those players who aren't the superstars. But really, if the league wants to add two more games to the regular season, it might have to, for example, take some games out of the preseason. Right, right. And I'm guessing it might have to let the players in on a cut of maybe some of that additional revenue. I think so. I think that that's what the players are going to hold out for. You, you would want to see the, – the league told me that this is not a requirement. We don't need this before we go into the media rights negotiations. But I cannot imagine that they want to go into that deal making with their TV partners not knowing, hey, is there is there going to be a, a walkout in 2021? Are we bidding for – expensive rights packages and we're not going to have any football. Right. So you think the two things are tied together, the labor deal and the new TV deal? I think it's in everyone's interest to do one before the other. My guess is that we will see an agreement. You might see one pretty soon, actually. If if we think that the NFL is going to announce new media rights by the end of 2020, then we would expect to see Maybe even by the end of 2019, a, a deal with the players. And I just did some quick back-of-the-envelope math. I'm really good at that. Um, <laughs> so if a 16-game season is worth $60 billion, you add two games, that's another $7.5 billion worth of revenue. I mean, th- this is not a jokey matter. It's not trivial money, yeah. And uh, I think the league is highly motivated to give some concessions to the players if it can get these extra games. Yeah. Look, I, I will watch the extra games if they're on, and it seems to me that with that kind of money, it's going to be hard for them not to find a way to make this happen. 
Yeah. Although there is a limit, right? I mean, do you, so you go from 16 to 18. Do you go from 18 to 22 for the same reason? At some I mean, point, baseball plays 162 games a year, so there's a, there's a ways yeah, to go. Yeah, but those guys aren't getting hit in the head. That is much. very true. Not not, not much. <laughs> They're barely running. So that, I mean, that is true. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. To read Jack's cover story on the NFL and TV, check out this weekend's edition of Barron's. And as always, barrens.com. I'm Alex Yule. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. We'll return next week.